new baby made him lose his mind. I don't know. <laughs> Tell you. Wow. <laughs> there were two people that needed to hear that, Tony, my mother and my wife. <laughs> my mother believes it, and my wife needs to hear it. <laughs> wow, what a privilege and a joy it is to be with you all. Thank you so much. You're so kind, and thank you for your support. Uh, uh, you helped Living Hope Ministry. You've been a blessing to me. You let me share with you. Uh, it's, it's just great honor to be here. I appreciate the time. Uh, I, I can't find the clock, so somebody's going to have to tell me when it's time to quit. Uh, okay, I see it now. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. I appreciate that. <clears throat> John, I had no idea how old I was until it took four people on the worship team to add up to my age. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Holy cow, man. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, I see the clock and I better get started. I had some stories, but I don't have time to tell them, but I, so I'll just keep going. Acts chapter 13, I, I want you to think about this question. You told who about Jesus? You told who about Jesus? Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 44. We're, we're going to kind of look at the whole chapter. We're going to do it quick, so you need to read this this afternoon before you take your nap. And uh, you need to read this 13th chapter because, man, it's amazing. But, it, but in verse 44 of Acts chapter 13, On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. When Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We, we had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Please pray with me. Today, Father, we come into your presence to thank you, to honor you, to praise you, to lift you up, and to acknowledge you as the only living God. Father, we bring who we are and where we are to your throne room to ask you, Father, to help us, to help us lift up your Son so that he might draw all men unto him, to help us, Father, to draw near unto you that our relationship might be one. Father, that in all that you say, in all that you do, we will give you praise and honor. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us in such a powerful way. I pray now that you will bless this time. pray in Jesus' name, amen. Does anyone here today have grandchildren? Raise your hand. How many of you enjoy telling other people about your grandchildren? Everybody does, don't they? An old guy got on a bus one day, and up the front there was a lady sitting, and she was by herself, and he said, Ma'am, do you have grandchildren? She said, I sure do. He said, I'm not sitting by you. He, <laughs> he went a little bit farther back, and there was a fellow sitting there by himself, and he said, Sir, do you have grandchildren? Man, I sure do. He said, I'm not sitting by you. Got all the way to the back of the bus. There's another lady. Lady, do you have grandchildren? No, I don't. He said, Good. Let me tell you about mine. <laughs> Let me tell you about mine. 
There's tremendous joy and pride and satisfaction in, in telling people about people we love, especially if the person that we're talking about and telling them about is Jesus Christ. Amen? And there's nothing better. Andrew couldn't wait to tell his brother Peter he found the Lord. Philip couldn't wait to tell Nathaniel we, we found the Messiah. The woman at Samaria, whenever she went back, she went and said, Come and see a man who's told me everything I ever did. Could he be the Christ? Temple guard said, No one ever spoke like this man speaks. The miracle man of John chapter 9, he said, I don't know, but one thing I do know, once I was blind, but now I can see. The Gadarene, healed of demon possession, went away and began to tell an accomplice how much Jesus had done for him. Peter told the Sanhedrin, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. When you and I are excited about someone, we can't stop, we can't help telling other people about them. The 13th chapter of the book of Acts is amazing accounts of people telling other people about Jesus. You, you, told, you told who about Jesus? Now, for just a moment before we look at the chapter, how long has it been since you told anyone else about Jesus Christ? In verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, Godly men called on by the Holy Spirit to set apart Barnabas and Paul, Saul, to the ministry of telling others about Jesus. Verses 4 through 12, their first stop is in Cyprus, and, and they proclaim the word of God in the synagogue. John Mark joins them in their labors. In Pappas, they, they encounter a false prophet by the name of Bar-Jesus or Limus, and he, he begins to give them all kinds of trouble. And, and, and something you and I need to understand, which may be one of the reasons we don't talk to people about Jesus, is when you start telling people about Christ, people are going to oppose you. It's just going to happen. So don't worry about it. It's just going to happen. Whenever you're talking to people about Christ, somebody's up said about it realize you're doing what the lord wants you to do realize the lord you're doing what the lord wants you to do verses 9 through 11 paul paul nails elamas and, and and then the pro council the pro council has a come to meeting with jesus whenever you are witnessing about jesus christ and people are opposing you there are other people who are listening who want to hear what you have to say verses 13 through 14 John Mark checks out and returns to Jerusalem. Uh, it, it's kind of amazing. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll wander just a little bit, then I'll stay back over there. Because you got when you read the Word of God and, and you see what's going on, you, it, it's amazing how things happen that because we can read down here, we understand what's taking place. John Mark joined them, and then John Mark left. I don't know why John Mark left. I don't, like, I don't know if he didn't like the, the persecution. I don't know if he didn't like the work. I don't know if he didn't like Saul. I don't, I don't know why he left, but he left. And, and, and that's amazing how it worked because it created a division between Barnabas and Paul. So when John Mark came back, they split, and, and the split was good. Why was the split good? Because they multiplied their work. You with me on that? Everybody still here? Everybody doing good? Okay, I was just checking. I was just checking. Uh, it, it, it's amazing how that works. But in verse 15, in verse 15, brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. 
Now, of all the messages that you and I hear every day, the greatest message that we can offer people is the message that Jesus Christ came, that he lived, that he died, and that he rose again. That's the gospel, my friends. That's the greatest message. The apostle Peter said, in your hearts acknowledge Christ as the Holy Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their behavior. Now, our problem is, as Christians today, we're waiting for someone to ask. And the reason people aren't asking is maybe they're not seeing a difference in our lives. But whenever you and I start doing what the Lord wants us to do, people will have eventually ask a question why are you doing that why are you giving that man money why are you changing that flat tire why are you going to visit that person why are you loving your neighbor why aren't you cursing those who curse you why aren't you blasting those who bless you you're different why are you different because i'm such a good guy baloney <laughs> it's because of christ it's because of christ it's because of christ these are these are mainly Jewish people Paul's talking to. And, and, and this is evangelism 101 for people who didn't know Jesus. And he says, I've got the gospel for you. I've got the good news. Jesus Christ is alive. Verses 38 through 39, Paul tells them about Jesus. And then verses 42 through 43 talks about the excitement that the people have. And they want to hear more about Jesus. Man, I, I, I love coming in here today. I love coming in here today because it was exciting. You guys were exciting. I mean, you're just full of life. You ever been to a dead church? It's tough to preach to dead people setting up. I mean, it's just hard. A live church is so much more fun. Our, our son, whenever he was growing up, I'd go to revival. He didn't like anybody to be gone at nighttime. He said, where are you going? I'm going to revival. You want to come back? Yeah, I'm going to come back. And whenever I'd come back, he'd say, how was it, Dad and, or Daddy? And I'd say, well, you ever preach to dead people setting up? And, and so for a long time, he would ask me, were they dead people setting up, Daddy? And so uh, nobody's going to ask me today, but I'm going to tell my wife what you all were. You were alive. You were alive. Sunday school was great. Had a blast in Sunday school. Uh, last week had a blast in Sunday school. Sunday school seems to be coming back. That's what they say. Sunday school's coming back. Heart of evangelism, Sunday school. You're not going to Sunday school? Come back. It's a lot of fun. Teacher's not too good in the class I went to, but other than that, everything was great. That's a lie. That was a lie. When we're on fire to tell people about Jesus, the results can be very eye-opening. This is what I want to talk to you about. Number one, there will be crowds who come to listen. Verse 44, on the Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Uh, in doing what I do, I've been asked on more than one occasion by preachers, what can I do to be successful? There's a twofold thing that you do to be successful in the ministry. Number one, you've got to love your people. People really do not care how much we know until they know how much we care. I, I, you've heard that, but, it, but it's absolutely true. And, and, and we've created a generation of preachers who believe they've got to spend all their time in the office. And I say, man, you've got to get out. You've got to get out with your people. The second thing is you've got to preach the gospel. What do you mean, preach the gospel? For the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. 
Now, I know there's a lot of stuff that we can do to help you in your Christian life, but the bottom line, Jesus Christ is truly the answer. The answer to America is not social, it's not political, it's not economical. The answer to America is Jesus Christ. And and, and if we're going to help ourselves and the people around us, then we need to be sharing the gospel message. The Apostle Paul said, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Paul was so convinced, he said, when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, for I'm compelled to preach the gospel. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, read that chapter, and you'll understand what the gospel's all about. This is not complicated. I don't have to defend my church. I don't have to defend my doctrine. I don't have to defend my belief system. What I need to do is tell people about Jesus. And boy, you have great opportunities. I've learned a couple of little tricks. People say, Phil, what do you do? I don't tell people I'm a preacher anymore. I tell them I'm an apprentice to a Jewish carpenter. You would be amazed how many doors that opens. People say, Phil, do you know the Bible verses, books of the Bible? And I say, well, I think I do. There's Malachi, Zechariah, Haggai, Zephaniah. Habakkuk, uh, Nahum, and, and uh, Micah, and, and, and Jonah. And they say, Phil, those aren't the books of the Bible. I say, yeah, they are. They're just backwards. Can you do them backwards? It's really amazing when you do them backwards, and people say, wow, do you know the Bible? I mean, well, I don't know it all, but I know some of it. Can I share it with you? Can I show you what Jesus has to say? Just a couple of little tricks. You get their attention. Got yours, didn't I? You're sitting there thinking, can he do the rest of it? <laughs> Aren't you? Yeah, I can. And I'll do it for $10 after church. So, <laughs> Did you catch who gathered to hear the message? When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism, that's verse 43, Jews, converts to Judaism. Who were the converts to Judaism? What would we call them? What? If they're not Jews, they're Gentiles, converts to Judaism. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to make it so hard, but that's okay. These people wanted to hear about forgiveness. People today want to hear about forgiveness. We want to understand that we've been justified through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The message is still the same. People still want to hear. And and the Bible says they were so hungry for the Word of God, almost the whole city turned out. Well, I've come today to tell you something exciting. Jesus is still in the business of saving souls. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And you and I are in the midst of a group of mountains multitude of lost people and they want to hear about Jesus and they want to hear about it from us. Have you ever experienced the sensation of what it feels like when a whole town turns out for worship? Anybody ever experienced that? You ever experienced one of them great worship services? Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Brownstown Christian Church. Brownstown's Christian Church uh, running about 330, 335. Easter Sunday they had 750. Seemed like the whole town turned out. First Christian Church, any given Sunday, we had 13, 1,400 people come to worship in a town of 6,000. It seemed like the whole town turned out. 
Boy, can you imagine what it'd be like for 25,000 to come to worship every Lord's Day? Seemed like the whole county turned out, huh? Yeah, yeah. Jasper, Indiana. Jasper, Indiana, Easter Sunday. 3,500 people came to the Christian church of Jasper. 17 years ago, they started with 12 people. I was there. 35. It seemed like the whole town turned out. Seoul, South Korea. Church turns out. Church turns out on Lord's Day. 480,000. Seems like the whole country turned out. Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama has a membership of 60,000. Every Lord's Day, 42,000 of them show up. Eastside Christian Church, Jeffersonville, Indiana, had 48 baptisms Easter Sunday. Second Church in Danville, Illinois, had 44 baptisms Easter Sunday. You're not fired up about your faith. You're not excited about your faith. This coming Friday, 7 o'clock, go to Second Street in Seymour. Find the, uh, find the Spanish church. Go down the alley to the alley church and worship with a group of recovering people and you'll find out what Jesus Christ can do for all of us. And if you go, I guarantee you, you won't go away the same as you came. Because you see, the gospel is the power of God for salvation of all who believe. The poet said, preach the gospel, brother, preach it. Preach it high where men can see it. Preach it low where men can reach it. But preach the gospel, brother, preach it. Anytime you struggle with what to preach about on Sunday, you throw out all the books and just preach the gospel. Just preach the gospel. Second thing, that clock, are you running that thing fast on me or something? Because it's already 1120. What time do you all quit? Whenever I'm done, that's a good preacher's answer. Thank you, brother. The second element relating to sharing the gospel caught me by surprise. Not necessarily in this text, but it sure did in the ministry. When we preach the gospel, there will be jealousy. Verse 45, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. (laughs) I, I know that when I entered the ministry, I was naive. I I didn't grow up in church. Uh, I didn't know much when I went to Bible college. But boy, when I entered the ministry, man, Dan, was I naive. I didn't know anything about church politics. I knew nothing about the control and manipulation exerted by longtime church members. I, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe how longtime church members treated people who were outsiders who came to visit. I, I was amazed when people would get upset that they would have to stay a little bit longer because we were having baptisms. I had that confrontation with this guy, and he said, I'm used to leaving during the invitation. You guys are having, invita- you're having baptisms now, and it's taking longer. You need to stop that. And, and, and I, I kind of welled up with a little bit of righteous indignation. And, uh, and, I, and I really wanted to thump his ornery little head right there in church, but I didn't do it. Uh, but i tell you what I did do. I said, you know, it's amazing to me that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repenteth, and you don't have time to see somebody come to the Lord. He never left after that. He stayed. He stayed. But it amazed me. I've been saddened when Christians were more concerned about their buildings than they were about lost souls. The power struggles that I've witnessed within churches have made me sick. The lack of faith displayed by people 
who've been in the church for many years was disheartening. We, we have this misconception that it takes faith to come here on Sunday. It doesn't take any faith for me to be here today. Got to be kidding. I was surprised to learn that people didn't accept me in Christ until I looked like them and talked like them and acted like them and believed like them and cowered down to their every whim when they expected me to. I was, I was surprised. My friends, I got news for you. This world doesn't need somebody else that looks like Philip Lamaster. This world needs more people that look like Jesus Christ. That's what the world needs. Did you catch the reason for all the trouble that Barnabas and Saul, Paul, were, incur- were recurring? Did, did you see the little word? What was the word? Jealousy. The insidious cancer of jealousy. Why is jealousy such a dangerous emotion? Because of all that it leads to. Paul says jealousy leads to division in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He, he tells us plainly in Galatians chapter 5 that jealousy is the act of a sinful nature. So today, if you're here and you're a jealous person pretending to be a Christian, just understand that you're living according to the sinful nature and not in the spirit of Jesus Christ. Admit it, repent of it, and quit being that way. Jealousy has some close friends that if we don't cut off the head of the green-eyed monster, it'll lead us up. Jealousy leads to envy, and and envy leads to coveting, and coveting leads to lust. And and once we arrive here, then we're going to supply our lust. We're going to fill our lust. The only problem with lust is that it leads to sin, and that sin leads to death. Jealousy corrodes our lives, just like acid corrodes the battery in our car. We don't care for the battery in our car. We don't take care of it. And battery gets a little bad. Acid develops around the post on the battery, and the connections are all stopped up. And your car, you drive to Walmart, and you get out and go in. You come out, and you go clunk, clunk, clunk. You lift up the hood and look, and there's acid, all battery acid, all corroded, and, and the battery won't work anymore. That's what acid, that's what jealousy does to us. It corrodes our connection to Jesus Christ. If anyone here is covered in jealousy, the Lord's power is about to be cut off in your life. They they talked abusively against about what Paul was saying and doing. Why? Because they were jealous. Don't understand that. Jealousy created life-threatening situations. I have a preacher friend a long time ago. And I mean a long time ago, a preacher friend warned me, he said, Phil, as your church grows, blessed by God, your number of close preacher friends will shrink exponentially. As God blesses the church, the people who should be on your side will stay away from you. I thought, that's really crazy. How could that be? Until, Tony, it started happening, and guys that I used to run around with don't run around with me anymore. I thought, How come you don't run around with me anymore? Then I started hearing all kinds of amazing things from brothers in Christ and longtime Christians. Oh, Phil, he's just watering down the gospel. He's not preaching the truth. He's a glory hound. (laughs) They're just a cult. They're a cult. 
He doesn't preach the whole counsel of God. How could you know what I preach? You don't go to church where I go to church. How could you know that? He's a sheep stealer. He's going to run that church. He doesn't know what he's doing. That's the only one they got right. I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) And this was all coming from people who profess to follow Jesus Christ. Are you here today running around, running down churches that are doing good? Shame on you. Shame on you. For the love of Pete, we need to quit and get on the same side. Holy cow. Last time I read John chapter 13, he said, I pray that they may be one as we are one. How do I deal with jealous people? Well, first of all, relax, because they were jealous about Jesus, and if they're jealous about Jesus, they're going to be jealous about you. Pray for them. I don't want to pray for them. I want to wring their necks. Well, pray for them. Why do you pray for them? Because you pray for those who insult you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for Christ's sake. You pray for them. You cannot fervently hate somebody you can fervently pray for, so you pray for them. Don't make them enemies. I used to make them enemies. Uh, it doesn't work. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't let them discourage you. Don't let them discourage you. I cannot tell you the number of times that people on the Lord's Day discourage this preacher of the gospel by what they said when they went out the back door. Uh, and I tell you, I, I quit going to the door. I didn't know how to handle them. I didn't know how to fight with them. I didn't know how to stand up. I didn't know how to deal with them. So I just quit going. I, I, 1,400 people, uh, 1,399 would leave and say, man, what a great day, what a great day. 1,400 person would leave and say, your sermon stunk. I don't like your clothes and I don't like you. Let me tell you what I'm thinking about when I'm eating lunch. It's not those 1,399 people. It's that one. You say, Phil, you need to grow up. I did grow up. That's why I quit going to the door. (laughs) Confront them when you need to. I don't think it's here because you guys got such a great spirit. I see so many new faces. All the pews are all filled in. What a great place. What a great place. Matter of fact, you're doing so good, you're probably going to have to go to more services. That's going to make somebody mad. But you got to think about it. It's not more services. It's more people who are coming to Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? But sometimes you got to confront those people. My mother's advice is probably the best advice. I probably shouldn't tell you what she said, but I'm going to. My mom always told me never get in a urinating contest with a skunk. So don't you do that. Just don't you do that. I see you like my mother's advice too, yeah. Number three is there will be a major decision that we will have to make whenever we preach the gospel. It's verses 46 through 47. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. That, that, that was the greatest day for you and me. When the Apostle Paul directed his ministry to the Gentile people. We're here today because Paul obeyed the prophecy that was sent by the prophet to the Gentile people through Jesus Christ. Did Paul love his people? Sure he did. Romans chapter 10, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites that they all may be saved. How how much did he want them to be saved? Chapter 9, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off for Christ for the sake of my brothers. Paul said, if Christ would cut me off and me be cursed and all my brothers be saved, I'm open to that. 
Now, how long has it been since you have been willing to give your life so somebody could come to Jesus? That's what, that's what he's talking about. Number four, there will be joy when we, uh, when we share Jesus Christ. Chapter, verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. I, I would love to tell you what it feels like when somebody comes to Christ, but I can't tell you what it feels like. You just have to experience it. I can tell you about the halls, Mr. and Mrs. Hall. They couldn't speak. They couldn't hear. They were only sign language. We talked to them sign language, had sign language people help us. They come to church. Then they came and they were baptized. Mr. Hall came up out of the baptistry and said, Hallelujah, the only word I ever heard the man say. Mrs. Hall came up and said, Praise the Lord, the only words I ever heard her say. You will not experience that until you talk to people. Like the halls, I could go on and on, but I'll just give you the last thing. There will be opposition when you tell people about Jesus. I know I went through this quickly, but uh, it just seems like time got away, and I don't want to bore you. You need to read verses 49 through 52 again. The word of the Lord is spreading, (laughs) and opposition comes quickly. Roger, there are things that I read in the Bible, and when I see them, it, it catches me by surprise. The opposition came from God-fearing women and prominent men in the city. That, that surprised me. But it should tell me something. It should tell me that if I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do, the people who want me to stop doing it are going to surprise me. They, they, they thought they were doing right. Saul thought he was doing right. He thought he was blessing God by getting rid of all them Christians. The God-fearing women thought they were doing right because of Paul problems. The, the upstanding men in town thought they were doing right because of Paul and Barnabas trouble. And, and, and they caused them so much trouble that they, they kicked them out of the country. Wayne Smith, our dear friend who's gone on to be with the Lord, he, he did a revival one time when he came back. His wife said, were there any conversions? He said, no, honey, there weren't any conversions, but there were some blessed subtractions. <laughs> And so they kicked the dust off their feet and left off. Uh, Time is too short for us to spend all of our time fighting with believers. If you find yourself fighting with believers, kick the dust off your feet and go to somebody who wants to hear about Jesus. Verse 52 says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Well, I... uh, I got too carried away, and I didn't get too in-depth, and, and I apologize for that. But when I come to some place where people are so kind, I get so excited, and in my excitement, I forget to say what I'm supposed to say. But I have a question. <laughs> got you, didn't I? You told who about Jesus? Give us a watchword for the hour. Thrilling word, word of power. Battle cry of flaming breath. Calls to conquest, start of death. A word to rouse the church from rest. The heater masters high behest. The call is given, you host arise. Our, our watchword is evangelize. This glad evangel now proclaimed through all the earth in Jesus' name. This word is ringing through the skies. Evangelize, evangelize. To dying men of fallen race, make known the gift of gospel grace. The world that now in darkness lies. Evangelize. Evangelize. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save 
that which was lost. Our mission is to follow our Savior and Lord, to seek and to save that which was lost. Will you please join us? If you don't know Christ today, as we sing this hymn, come because the gospel's for you. If you've just been playing a game today, quit playing. Come, join the army because the world needs the message and the message is Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Let's stand. Let's sing.